just made, and you just made a very logical one on this issue, there's a very good answer. And the Republicans' answer to this is the House had their chance to do this as they went through the impeachment investigation, as, as they debated articles of impeachment and got to the point where they approved the articles of impeachment to send over to the Senate to begin the trial. That They, they have... Uh, months of discussion on the House side to do it. And then the, the House side, the answer, well, we tried to get some evidence, we tried to get some witnesses, but the White House blocked it. Uh, <laughs> so now you have another chance. You have, you have some overtime mm-hmm. in the Senate to try and do that. So the, we just keep bouncing this back and forth we see, with each side saying, you're the ones who are really putting roadblocks into good process. And, and that brings up another interesting point where, you know, it goes back to your earlier question where Americans might start to say, Wow, we're just we have too much process here. Can we just get to the to the point and maybe finish this up and move on? Okay. Ross, good to talk to you. Thanks very much. That's Ross Feingold, Taiwan-based political risk consultant. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets, right? In the markets right now, let's uh, let's take a look at what's going on around uh, Asia. First of all, in Asian stocks, the SX200 in Australia is down around about 0.8%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan falling further. That's off 1% at the moment. The Cosby in South Korea also deep in the red, down about three quarters of a percent. Looks like the Hong Kong Hang Seng is going to follow it in an hour's time. Uh, all set to open about 1.1% lower. That's about 320 points down on yesterday's close. In the uh, in the commodities markets, Brent crude oil right now trading at sixty three dollars twenty one cents a barrel. Gold is moving up; it's trading at one thousand five hundred sixty two dollars an ounce. And the Japanese yen is also firming; it's at one hundred nine point seven against the U.S. dollar. Do stay tuned. Back chat coming up shortly with Hugh Chiverton and Anna Fenton this morning. Uh, the weather forecast for today is going to be mainly cloudy, light rain and coastal fog in the morning and at night. And it's going to be warm with sunny periods during the day and a maximum temperature of about 25 degrees. It's going to remain warm on Lunar New Year's Eve. The temperature right now, 21 degrees, 91% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. Wuhan authorities are suspending outward flights and trains along with public transport from 10 o'clock this morning as the Hubei capital tries to prevent the spread of a new virus that's killed 17 people. Xinhua News Agency said residents had been told not to leave the city without good reason. The central mainland city, a major transport hub, is at the centre of the outbreak with over 440 confirmed cases. The World Health Organization says it's holding back on declaring an international public health emergency until it has more more information on the spread of the disease. Health services sector lawmaker Joseph Lee says Hong Kong must remain vigilant. Even though the government of Hong Kong is saying that they are having a very high level of alert, as you can see, the two confirmed cases in Hong Kong just identified yesterday. So I guess even though the WHO is not declaring this is a public health emergency, and people in Hong Kong should be staying alert and staying vigilant. All those screening measures, even in the court, at the private company outbreak, is very important to us. So far, there are another 100 confirmed cases in the rest of mainland China and about a dozen in other countries, including the United States. Hong Kong is investigating two suspected cases. The Democrats have begun presenting their arguments at the impeachment trial of Donald Trump. Their team leader, Adam Schiff, said the president had clearly abused his powers and obstructed justice in his dealings with Ukraine. He said the stakes were high. If not remedied by his conviction in the Senate and removal from office, President Trump's abuse of his office and obstruction of Congress will permanently alter the balance of power among the branches of government. 
inviting future presidents to operate as if they are also beyond the reach of accountability, congressional oversight, and the law. Mr. Trump has said he's satisfied with the trial so far. He's repeatedly called the proceedings a hoax and insists he's done nothing wrong. Prosecutors in New York have begun making their case against the Hollywood film producer Harvey Weinstein. He denies five charges, including rape and sexual assault, relating to two women. He was in court to hear the opening statements. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. Through a corridor of cameras and walking awkwardly with the help of others, Harvey Weinstein stumbled his way into court, gone the bravado and swagger of his red carpet days. And in their opening argument, the prosecution reminded the jury of how powerful he used to be, both physically and psychologically. The man seated right there was not just a titan in Hollywood, said Assistant District Attorney Megan Haast, he was a rapist. His defence team claimed he was neither a predator nor a master manipulator. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today is Anna Fenton. Anna, good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. So, on Back Ch- oh, so today on the programme, should we be optimistic or pessimistic about climate change? In Davos this week, Donald Trump said that fear and doubt is not a good thought process because this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and optimism and action. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse, unquote. Is optimism, hopefulness, a belief that things can be made better, a more effective basis for action than pessimism? Do people just not listen to those prophets of doom? Or do you agree with those who think anger drives you to action but hope puts you to sleep? Let us know your take. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our telephone number is 233-88266. We'll put you on air, 233-88266 is the number. Later, should there be a law against doxing in Hong Kong, and what are the pros and cons of the pitfalls? Uh, once again, let us know. You can email backchat at rthk.hk or call us on two. 233- 3388266. Before we get to uh, our first topic today, just a couple of emails related to uh, a discussion from yesterday. And uh, we did talk to uh, Avery Ng from the League of Social Democrats, and uh, his party had been uh, uh, asked to leave or removed from the uh, Victoria Park. Uh, uh, on that topic, Jeff in an email says, I want to know why the idiot wants to protest at a very Hong Kong public event that is for Chinese New Year and family enjoyment. Everybody knows about the protest and the feelings to China. So why does he want to break the law and cause a nuisance? It's just too annoying. And uh, an email from Richard P. uh, on the subject of police brutality. Richard, I don't quite get the import of this, but anyway, I'll read what it says, what you said. Dear Backchat, following the super success of President Chai Ing-wen of the DPP in Taiwan, she was quoted as saying that, in my translation, we will never use tear gas, blue water and police truncheons to control any demonstrations in Taiwan. True or false, the issues as stated in the South China Morning Post, voters have made their choices, all senior executives of Kuomintang will resign from January the 12th. The issues in this election were dominated by sovereignty, democracy and the relationship with the CCP in Beijing. Amid 
accusations of mainland interference in Taiwan and the protests in Hong Kong, said SCMP. Many of your recent programmes approach the truth. Uh, is a Taiwanese spokesman beyond all your remit. Also, Hong Kongers can choose this coming September to follow in the DPP's footsteps. That comes uh, from Richard. Thank you very much indeed. Mr Tang, an interesting... Thank you very much indeed once again. Very interesting letter from you uh, on... Uh, or email from you on the topic of uh, school education and uh, raising awareness of, of climate change. We'll get to that in, in just a moment. Joining us for our discussion uh, now, we have uh, Lam Chiu Ying, who's a, a meteorologist, former director of the Hong Kong Observatory, uh, Wendell Chan, who's a programme officer with uh, Friends of the Earth Hong Kong, and uh, later we're going to be talking to Francis Young, who's a, a campaigner with Greenpeace. Mr Lam, first of all, good morning. Thank good you very much indeed for, for, for joining us today. Do you, do you think Donald Trump has a point that if you're too negative, if you're always talking about how terrible things are and how terrible things are going to be, that people don't listen to you, and in the end, that's not going to work. Well, there's some truth in uh, what he has said because he's talking about Greta Thunberg, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but of course, the fact is that uh, this is not a matter of pessimism or optimism. It's a matter of whether we are looking at facts. Um, climate change is here. It's a matter of fact, and uh, you, you 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 cannot attach the term pessimism or optimism to this ex this existence, this existence of something which has been well proven by science. So it is uh, a neutral thing when you when it comes to whether we have climate change, whether it is caused by human being. Um, but uh, he, he does have a point, uh, have a point, and that is. Uh, you have to act on whatever you have in front of you, and you just you 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 shouldn't just sit there and say that oh this is, is this disaster. There's not nothing to be done, and let us wait for it to come. <laughs> that that would be that would be uh, no actionism. Um, well, you see, in Chinese pessimism is not necessarily bad. Pessimism, if we, we, we make it with a little bit of Buddhism, we, we look at the world with uh, compassion and we observe that uh, negative things are happening, but we, we, we look at the, uh, the world with love, compassion, and, and, and although we see very bad things happening, we would be motivated by love to, to save people, to save all sentient beings. So this pessimism is just taking in what is truth, what is uh, fact, and um, the scientific deliberations have shown us that it is going to be terrible, uh, it will be very hot, there will be extreme uh, weather events, which would hurt a lot of people and, and beings. So we should do something about it. So you, you can describe this as pessimism, the acceptance of existing fact. Um, but then, of course, we should also be optimistic because the, the human race has gone through numerous terrible situations and we somehow managed to get through. So we should be optimistic that we have the ability to overcome uh, the circumstances which, which, is, which are now practically inevitable, which will make life rather harsh. Um, so we, we, should, we should face the future with both pessimism by recognizing the fact, but also with optimism that we would be able to overcome it. Um, but at the same time, we do we have to accept that things terrible would happen. Uh, but we are not going to raise our hands and say we give up, we wait for it. So 
It is a mixture of both sides. So we could say there's grounds for pessimism and grounds for optimism. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I, let me come to a personal level. Reporters have been talking to me over the years. Uh, and uh, they realize that I keep on seeing disasters in the future. So they say that I'm pessimistic. But then they hear me saying all the time that we should do something about it. So it is activism based on pessimism. So do you call it optimism? <laughs> so it's a very philosophical thing. Um, and uh, I have to sound a word of caution. You, you might already notice it yourself. People who are too optimistic, they can make very big mistakes because they somehow fail to see uh, disasters coming, fail to see mishaps, the potential of mishap happening. So um, we, we, we can't be simply leaning on one side and say I would be optimistic because it's very easy to make mistakes or so, miss the uh, danger. So to, to go back to what Trump was saying, in fact, he, he is what we call a polarity responder in that he will either go black or white no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So he's gone black on this, on, yes. on Greta, yeah. but his own viewpoint is to go white on it, which is equally invalid, isn't yes, it? Because reality is always in the grey, mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So he's inviting everybody to be all happy and cheerful and ignore the facts. Yes. Uh, what is terrible in what he has said is that we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. Uh, I think this word reject is, is something we, we must not follow. Uh, his advice we really can't follow. We, can't, we should not reject things. We should not reject predictions. We should always take predictions into consideration and, and be guided by this kind of uh, predictions and do something about it. Uh, because the way he put it is that let's embrace the possibilities of tomorrow. We must reject the perennial prophets of doom. So he, this I would call rejectism, so it's, denial it's, it's, of it's, um, fact. Blind, he's encouraging blind hope, isn't he? Yes, uh, we should live in hope, but we should not be guided by blind mm. hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Wendell, Wendell Chern from uh, Friends of the Earth, good morning to you and, and, and thanks for, for joining us. What, 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 uh, what's your take on this? Um, is there a danger in just kind of scaring people in just sort of saying it's terrible, the world is burning, we're all going to die horribly tomorrow? Uh, and, and that doesn't spur people to action, arguably. Uh, yes, sometimes, sometimes we need to be um, optimistic about things because when, when there's a challenge, there's an opportunity for change. We can't just be we can't just be all doom and gloom. We we do need to provide hope. We need to provide solutions to problems. We can tell them like we can tell them the world is burning, but here's a solution. We we could turn to renewable energy, we could we could go for green transport, um, eat less meat and all these kind of solutions. we we need we can't just provide we can't just be all doom and gloom. We also need to provide a a path a path for people to go forward to. Otherwise, people just shut down and just say, like, oh, uh, I mean, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, one thing is that, you know, all those things that you mentioned, they're all about sort of not doing things, aren't they? They're about giving up meat or giving up travel or not buying this or not buying that or something like that. It seems mm. that it's all kind of negative. Well, not, not quite. I mean, giving, giving up meat doesn't mean, like, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't eat, we should not eat meat. I think, like, um, one of the recent reports from Lancet, they said 
they say that the a planet a planet healthy diet means eating less meat but not no meat. <laughs> mm. And also some of the things are just requires a change in how we how we do things, not uh, rejecting it. For example, energy we could turn to renewable energy, but uh, not not use fossil fuels. That's not that's not saying we we don't use energy anymore, and we will go back to the uh, to the uh, to become cavemen. We're, we're still having we still have the same quality of lifestyle, but it's just how we do things. We're just doing do them differently. But Wendell, do you not think that there's a degree of fatigue um, about all this? I, I've reached the point now that you know I flick through the Guardian feed, and it's just one depressing story after another. I mean, yesterday they'd found a hot spot in the Pacific Ocean which has killed a, th a million migrating birds. You know, and I just can't read it anymore because it colours my day to the point that I don't want to get out of bed. D do, you, do you think that many people are reaching this stage? I know that climate depression is a, a real issue for councillors and mental health workers now because people are just becoming consumed with gloom. Mm, yes. Um, th that is true, yes. I, some, sometimes I do get kind of disappointed especially like reading reading the trump's uh, Davos speech that did get me kind of annoyed <laughs> but um i think i think um aside from doom and gloom sometimes it's just how the media reports news sometimes we just need to turn to good things about solutions and how to portray them instead of just portraying them as all all just the bad things but that would re require a degree of realism wasn't it wouldn't it and action mm. and that's what i think poor old greta's so frustrated about and i feel sorry for kids because they must look at our generation and think what will it take for you to do something <laughs> yeah yeah that ultimately that comes down to the world leaders actually taking lead and telling us we have a solution we're going to do this we're going to solve climate change and that will give us hope and we need world leaders to recognize that. Well, I, I think I can chip in here. Um, we, we have just heard the, the term quality of life. And uh, it is very important to, to realign our thoughts uh, about how, how, how we see life. What is quality of life? Uh, for a long while, quality of life means owning a lot of things. Uh, quality of life meaning maybe wealth. I mean, just equated to wealth. But actually, quality of life is is a state in which you feel comfortable with yourself, comfortable with your relationship with other people, and comfortable with nature being around you, seeing nature as your friend, not as your foe. Uh, well, you see, in the past half century, we have been living in a way which we are damaging nature and we begin to see nature as our enemy. Uh, for example, the viruses, they are going to kill us, and then the, the dirty air is going to kill me, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, uh, I think increasingly, as a, especially the young generation, they see quality of life of, uh, as being living independently uh, without a boss, <laughs> for example, and uh, be able to, being able to, to flourish in the natural way, and not just working 7 to 11 every day. Um, and um, uh, so I think in the coming half century, in order to correct what we have done wrongly in the past half century, we have to realign our value system. Um, we have to see a good relationship with others, uh, the earth, family, the country, other people. Um, relationship as the basis of quality of life and, and 
maintaining good relationship actually doesn't require a lot of energy and material. Uh, you don't have to burn fossil fuel to maintain good relationship. Um, and, and you don't really have to give up quality of life. It's just a matter of redefining quality of life. And this is actually related to the concept of prosperity. Uh, you see, in the old days, we say that, oh, a sustainable development, you have to keep the economy growing and everybody will be happy. But uh, actually, what is prosperity? Um, the UK Commission on Sustainable Development studied this question for more than a decade ago. And eventually, they, they, uh, they, I think they have come to us that the thought that prosperity doesn't mean GDP growing doesn't mean GDP per capita growing. But actually, prosperity means that everyone could flourish as they grow from a baby to a child to a, a, a mature adult and then to, to, to a, a spiritual senior person. Um, everyone in, in, in society could contribute what they could uh, to make other people happy and then receiving what they, they are due to, to sustain their own uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, growth in their own life. That would be the de development. Um, so I think we, we, are, we are, I think we are reaching the watershed where, where, where we would have to realign the value system among all, all people in, on earth. And uh, economy would not be based on mass consumption of a lot of things. Yeah, well, when it comes to mass consumption, um, Wendell Chan, I was just thinking, things like the straws and single-use plastics if you, and, and plastic bags, if you take those away from people, they kind of don't notice after a while, do they? Yeah, pretty and, much. Because and, and you, you get used to them, and there's maybe other things that we, we're used to having, but if they were taken away... Um, we would pretty get pretty soon get used to living without them too. Um, I mean, you know, or if, we, if they were made more special again, so, so say air travel or eating steak or or, or something like that, uh, you don't have to ban them completely. But if you if you made them, if you sort of saw them in a different way, that might be a. It's like well, smoking, change, change Hugh, habits. isn't it? If you think back to 1980, the idea that smoking would be basically socially unacceptable, people would have rolled their eyes and go, mm. no chance. But actually now, to smoke now is exceptional rather than normal, and nobody queries that. And, pe and people changed that quite, quite fast, actually. Yeah, they did. Remember when it was, oh, you can't smoke in restaurants, even in Hong Kong, and there was a hue and cry over it, and <laughs> restaurateurs said, right, that's it, we're all going to go under. And you know what? They didn't. <laughs> and I used to sit here doing my program and smoking. I used to have an ashtray next to me in the studio. Oh, lovely! Yeah. And oh. then the other, the, the other presenters sometimes used to cough and sort of complain about it, but they didn't have a leg to stand on because I was the smoker, so I was allowed to do what I wanted. Also, not, but no wonder you look healthier nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that we should, yeah, so we should be looking forward to a healthier world in a decade or two. We don't really need people changing their habits overnight. Uh, it's like uh, the, the case of smoking and no smoking. Uh, why, why, why can't we think in terms of a time span of, say, 20, 30 years, and then by the time 2050, uh, we stop using fossil fuel, uh, we, we stop fast fashion, uh, let, let everybody buy quality clothing, and then by spending the same amount of money, it's so tempting, though. It's yeah. so tempting. So spend the same amount of money so, so that we won't impact on the economy.
but you buy less, but buy quality. Um, so I think the important thing is that we we, we should recognize that uh, we are damaging the, the the earth by consuming too much material and using too much energy. But if you spend the same amount of money on less items, then there will be much less energy involved. So uh, basically, it's very simple to 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 uh, uh, cope with climate change. I mean, to to to, to uh, mitigate climate change, and that is buy less, buy quality. Uh, everything you own will last longer. You spend the, the same amount of money. And, and actually, for ladies, you will have better clothes on your body. And if you keep on wearing the same clothes, your body will remain fit. <laughs> okay. uh, a couple of, uh, of announcements as well. Transport Department. Uh, there's an accident in the fast lane of Lung Chang Road, flyover uh, towards uh, Quintong. That's the one near uh, Choi Hung uh, Estate. That's close to traffic, the fast lane there. And uh, the traffic key on the Lung Chang Road, Quintong bound, ends at Lung Chang Road uh, playground as well. Congestion uh, in that area. And that message from Mr. Tang I, I mentioned earlier. Thank you for mentioning Mr. Tang. Uh, he says, uh, raising awareness of climate change, difficulties at school. Climate change, he's a teacher, uh, Mr. Tang. Climate change is a topic often touched upon at school and conscious efforts are made to teach students the importance of reducing their carbon footprints in daily life. For instance, a host of energy-saving competitions and events like No Straw Day or No Air Conditioning Week uh, often lead to a surge in pupils' interest in protecting the environment. Sadly, such passions for environmental protection is hardly sustainable given that students easily resort to their bad habits of using plastic bottles, disposable lunchboxes and drinking with straws without school supervision or encouragement from parents. Ironically, though, schools uh, sometimes are the least environmentally compared to other companies. Just count the amount of paper schools use for printing on a day-to-day -day basis. Some teachers go paperless by using online platforms where they share learning materials with students. Some people may think electronic assignments and e-textbooks uh, should mark the demise of physical handouts and books. Not yet. Our public exams are not yet computer-based, so students are still required to write uh, but not type their answer. To combat climate change, a change in attitude, habits and policies uh, is needed. Uh, that comes from, from Mr Tang. Wendell Chan, I, I suppose you'd agree with that, would you? I pretty much agree. Uh, sometimes in, we, to tackle climate change, we don't just need individual, individual behaviour change. We need systemic changes. We need... We need um, politicians to the government to actually enact policies to say like we need to go we need to actually go paperless uh, we at, we have to ban we either have to ban plastic bottles or whatnot we need to have large-scale changes it's otherwise if we just rely on individuals to like make the changes these are not sustainable over a long term because if there's an easier solution a more comfortable solution for them to turn to they will just turn to that it's very hard for people to change unless there's a other there's a alternative that's better for them. So Wendell, can we talk about um, what's always seemed like a nonsense to me, which is mm. carbon trading? Surely this is just another way of side-passing the issue. Mm. Mm. What uh, do you think? I think, well, usually when we talk about carbon uh, trading, we usually talk about, car well, for us, we usually talk about carbon pricing. We're actually putting it like, we're, we're internalizing the cost of uh, uh, putting out carbon into the atmosphere back into the price of things. So, for example, uh, a tax on maybe a, like a tax or or a price on on using fossil fuels. To me, I, well, for for us, we think that if people understand that the, using fossil fuels actually costs more now, 
uh, now than, than before, then people might turn to renewable energy instead. We think that that might be a useful a financial incentive for people to uh, go for better solutions or cleaner solutions. Okay, and an email. This is from uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, I guess, Andrew F. We've got a lot of Andrews. Uh, who says, Trump is definitely a polarity responder, as Anna just put it. Uh, although I think it's clear by now that he's keener on white than black. Uh, Trump <laughs> is a walking prophet of doom when it comes to Hispanic immigrants and Muslims. Uh, ISIS and uh, MS-13 are coming to Wisconsin. Be afraid, be very afraid. His whole presidency is based on stoking irrational fear and negativity. So it's pretty ironic that he's giving lectures on optimism when it comes to something genuinely threatening, such as climate change. Trump, of course, is known as a deep thinker, a real intellectual, so I think we should be able to take his gut feel on this issue over the huge quorum of uh, a climate scientist. What do they know? They don't have the alternative facts that Trump has. And that comes uh, from uh, Andrew uh, F. Uh, and a message from uh, Mike, uh, which is, takes us in a different direction. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll take this up after the news at nine. Mike says, your presenter says we should not ignore the facts. Really? Tell us what are the facts. Some say the planet is getting warmer. NASA says for the past 10 years or so, the average temperature of the planet is getting cooler. So scientists had to change their tune to climate change. Yeah, it's been changing forever. Wonderful. In the big picture, scientifically, change is normal. So what we should focus on, I got one, trash. Let's focus on trash and population. Let's focus on population. Too many people making too much trash. There is your scientific fact that we should not ignore. I have to stop and take out the trash. Have a nice day. That comes from Mike. Thank you very much indeed. Mike, give us a call if you like. Uh, we've got a break now, as I say, for the news at uh, nine o'clock. And Sid, thank you for your Facebook message. Uh, yes, that was me there. The weather, mainly cloudy, light rain and coastal fog this morning and at night. Warm with sunny periods during the day. 21 degrees, the latest readings. And the relative humidity is now at 89%. <laughs> time found toxic chemicals known as PFAS in the drinking water of dozens of US cities. It said some of these had been linked to cancer, liver damage and birth weight problems. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Bank Chat on a Thursday morning with Anna Fenton and me, Hugh Tewitton. We're talking about uh, pessimism and optimism and uh, climate change. This is inspired uh, partly by the kind of different views you got in, in Davos uh, this week. Uh, Donald Trump uh, laying into, uh, by implication, uh, Greta Thunberg saying uh, this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and uh, optimism, but we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the uh, apocalypse. Uh, uh, well, uh, talking about that issue, uh, mulling it over, we have with us now Wendell Chan, Programme Officer with the Friends of the Earth, Lam Chu Ying, who's a meteorologist and former director of the uh, Hong Kong Observatory. And we're also joined now by Francis Young, who's a senior campaigner with Greenpeace. And, of course, we want to hear from you. You can email backchat at rthk.hk. We'll read out your messages. Uh, or you can give us a call, and our number is 233-88266. After 9.20, we're asking uh, if there should be a law against uh, doxing. The Privacy Commission has caused for has called for uh, uh, more legislation and uh, to uh, strengthen uh, the Privacy Commission and uh, to crack down on the practice of doxing after that uh, massive increase uh, in the cases uh, in which private information uh, is made public to uh, embarrass or to uh, to threaten uh, individuals. Uh, Charles Mock will be joining us, the IT sector lawmaker, uh, to uh, give his thoughts on that, the pros and cons of uh, such a law. Once again, if you want to contribute, you can call us on 233 882 
Okay, an email from Alan who says, uh, back chat, saying that talk about the problem of climate change is pessimism is declaring that it is just a state of mind, that it's not real. Trump et al. uses this to justify ignoring the problem completely. All you need to do is turn your frown upside down and all will be good. Optimism can only be justified if it is part of a plan to deal with it. Trump has no plan. There are ways to mitigate the problem, for example, the Green New Deal as championed by AOC in the the, uh, US. Hugh just said it's only negative. That's because all we can do personally is decline to make things worse in trivial ways that invite ridicule from the denialists. There are plenty of positive things that could be done, but they require a government to push for them. Things like solar, tidal wind power instead of coal, research infusion and thorium nuclear power, new batteries and other forms of storage, more mass transit instead of oil-burning cars for each person, research ways to sequester carbon. So many things can be done, but they require an optimistic leadership to make them happen. Greta only stated facts. Governments, even who say they care about climate change, are still subsidising fossil fuels. Who play games with carbon credits instead of making any real reduction in emissions. That is insane and destructive. But short-term gain trumps longer-term disaster. There needs to be a public understanding that the problem is real before investment can be made. Um, Those thoughts from Alan. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, S says, I think it's the supermarket culture which is making climate change worse. They're storing a lot more in terms of meat and foodstuff than our needs, plus all the packaging. A lot is then thrown away, causing pollution in the process of production and also the regular extra baggage uh, that comes from S. Thank you very much much indeed for that paul will get to uh, your message uh, uh in a moment once again you can email backchat at rthk.hk francis young good morning to you hey, good morning. Uh, uh, do you encourage people do you feel optimistic or pessimistic about climate change well i will say uh, let's let us not uh, uh, just limit ourselves from choosing either uh, uh, optimistic or pessimistic. Uh, my point is, if we are blindly uh, optimistic, like Trump, uh, who just focuses on economic growth and ignore the planet, we will take no action. But if, but if we uh, are extremely uh, pessimistic uh, and think that uh, nothing uh, can be ch- can be changed, we uh, again the result will be the same. There will be no action. So I will say, let's stay alert. Uh, let's be aware of the challenges we are facing, but also keep up hope and do whatever we can. Just like uh, uh, the audience, their messages. I, I feel very, uh, I very, ha- I feel very happy because they think we can. Everyone can do something uh, in our own path. And, and Francis, to your point, you know, I think people feel that their their little small effort doesn't make any difference. But I saw a statistic yeah. that um, now, you know how people would do dry January, people now do vegan January. And last year, just because people didn't eat meat in January, 43 million less animals were killed globally. Now, you might think that, you know, you not having steak for a month is, is making no difference. But actually, if enough people do it, it really does make a difference quite quickly. Yeah, that's true. If everyone does a uh, little thing, it will accumulate uh, in, uh, and change into a great impact. And also, 
Uh, yeah, I agree that uh, we need leadership from uh, from governments, from politicians, but uh, we also need to voice out and to push them and make them accountable. It is the message that uh, Greta, the uh, the, uh, the uh, young uh, the young lady, uh, uh, the message uh, she sends to all the politicians. But uh, uh, we really need to get united and make our voice heard. But it comes down really, doesn't it, to three people in the world who hold the, the key on this. Xi Jinping, Trump, and this is Mr. Modi in Modi. India. These are the three people. What's it going to take to make, to make them move? Uh, I would say uh, we need to uh, keep on voicing out. And also uh, people in different countries need to... Uh, call on uh, their their leaders to work. Uh, well, maybe you can't see change immediately, but you you still need to work uh, 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 to be persistent, right? Don't, don't they have to be persuaded that it's not going to cost their country's money? No. That it's the economic argument. That's what drives those <laughs> the world leaders. They want to make their countries richer. Uh, maybe I could chip uh, in another point, and that is the climate change is a very different category of problem. It's a new category. It is caused by many people doing tiny little things all over the world. So it is labeled as a global problem, a globally, locally driven problem. So it, in this kind of situation, you can't expect one single solution. You have to, you have to solve a global problem with a global solution. So we need, we need people all over the globe, all over the world, doing something locally in, in their own way, and uh, together we we solve the a problem which has been collectively created. And uh, well, of course, leaders are important. Uh, uh, governments are important because. If they do it properly, they will provide a, a, a framework which will encourage the change in behavior. But we are now in a, a, a new world in which we are all connected by internet. And so all citizens in the world could, could sort of agree among themselves beyond the reach of governments on what they could do. And so I, I, I am hopeful in the sense that we have now a new vehicle or a new tool in our hands to, to generate momentum all over the world even in the absence of lead by government. What's the new tool, do you think? Internet. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we have uh, exchange of information, we have exchange of uh, facts, we have exchange of uh, thoughts about what, what everyone could do. So uh, I think it is because of the internet that all of us know that um, by eating less meat, we are contributing. By uh, even drinking less water, <laughs> we are we are contributing. By by switching off the lights, we we are making positive, useful uh, input to the process of combating climate change. So I think this is an this presents an what 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 do you call it unprecedented opportunity to act collectively, even with government lead without government lead. Say, uh, in the states, although the federal government is not doing anything, but a number of a number of states have mm. have decided to go go green to 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 try to achieve the Paris summit targets, and uh, how quite a many of the significant cities have committed themselves to to meeting the Paris Agreement targets. So we are seeing movement or momentum starting from the grassroots, growing upwards up to at least the state level within the United States. So. 
Uh, I think we are in a very a sort of uh, innovative situation uh, in which people or, or, or county-level governments, they could, they could make a change, even without uh, national government taking the lead. So uh, in this sense, I'm hopeful because we have a collective consciousness uh, emerging within the human race. Uh, this time, we don't need clever people to take lead. Uh, so even if we have dumb people in the government, I mean, uh, not in Hong Kong, elsewhere, <laughs> uh, it's no problem. It won't, it won't stop clever people connected by the Internet to act collectively. So is your impression that the tide is in fact turning? Yes, of course. Um, if, you, if, you, if you sort of uh, surf through the Internet, you, 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 you would be really encouraged because you see so many people talking about climate change, committing themselves to do little acts, acts in one way or another. And then you hear people saying that, oh, we should buy less, but buy better. And just everyone is doing some little things for themselves. So uh, in this sense, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about human nature, the collective human nature, well connected by internet. I, I'm pessimistic in the sense that I see the facts. I, I, I see uh, potential disasters coming if we don't change. So pessimism is the fact that the facts that I see, optimism is my faith in human nature now enabled by internet. Mm. Yeah, Wendell Chan, what do you think of, I'm thinking, say, of the, the fires in Australia, yeah. uh, because they were very, they're very photogenic, let me put it like that. They look good in photographs and films. They look very dramatic. They look like hell, uh, you know, and you, can, you could say, this is climate change. Look, this is what's going to happen to the rest of the world unless we, unless we change or something like that, which is, which is kind of, it's overstating it. And it may be a half-truth or something, but it may have emotional power. What do you think about doing that kind of thing? Or, you know, using story, you know, using photographs of polar bears looking sad and looking ill or something like that, mm. which is, you know, and there may be other reasons why they look like that or something like that. You know, using that kind of emotional appeal, scaring people sometimes. Do you think there's a place for that? Uh, it still works. It still should, works we, should we be strictly scientific, you know? Mm. Uh, for some people, it sometimes it still works. I, recent, I read a report uh, some time ago about how we should portray uh, climate change. And one, one thing they said that just doom and gloom alone is not enough. Like just showing a polar bear on, a, on an iceberg that's melting is not enough to show how we could change. Sometimes we need to show pictures of people suffering from the effects to show that we are, getting, we're, we are experiencing climate change now. This is what's happening. People are experiencing the floods. They lost their homes. And we need to change and we need to show them how what we could do so for example um people uh not you not taking uh not riding the cars and taking public transport <clears throat> or uh people installing solar panels we need pictures of these or stories mm. of these of how people are changing and how people are actually being affected by climate change in order to get people to understand that climate change is real it's happening and we are, we could do think we could we could change some uh, more comment from listeners jim says while we're on the subject of the environment we should look no further than hong kong filthy streets uncontrolled dumping vandalism graffiti etc perhaps the young protesters should show their love of hong kong by doing something positive by organizing a cleanup of the city what kudos they would accrue that comes uh, from uh, jim 
Bowen says, during the previous debate over the proposed construction of a man-made island off Lantau, Mr Lamb suggested that we should use the money for coastal resilience, such as building coastal structures to protect the many existing buildings we have near the coastline. The government is planning on going on a spending spree to buy public support in the wake of the extradition bill saga, possibly paying $10,000 handouts for every citizen, tens of billions of dollars for a rapidly deteriorating business, and so on. What would Mr Lamb propose and do? He's a bit of an environmental activist, isn't he? To get the government to, for example, build breakwaters surrounding areas which have been repeatedly flooded with seawater during typhoons. The Super Typhoon Mancourt of 2018, for example. There should be little doubt we are going to get more super typhoons in the near future, given global warming. Would he be willing to head any group to press for responsible government expenditure in this regard? Asks Bowen. <laughs> Mr Lamb? <laughs> Well, I, I think the government certainly has to reserve a very big sum of money for infrastructure which is required, essential, which, would, which we really need to protect our sort of uh, existing coastlines. Um, I have actually proposed uh, in one of my submissions that the government should reserve something like $500 billion, $500 billion um, as a pool of money which they could not 500 billion maybe. not 500 no it is uh, uh, actually uh, the Singapore government has designated a fund of 100 billion Singapore dollars to uh, as, as, as money for infrastructure which would be required to protect Singapore from um, uh, climate change implications so it is a large sum of money. It is, it is roughly the sum of money which you would need to build the artificial island. Okay, yeah. Comparable magnitude. Um, so, well, I think I am just trying to provide a perspective to to government. And you either use the money to to build an island which could be potentially flooded by rising sea level, or use the same money, the same amount of money to protect existing populations. What would you do? To me, I would say protecting the existing city, existing population would be more important than creating a new hazard, which hasn't existed before. So um, uh, whether I will have any group, I have to say that I'm a retired person. Uh, I, I don't really, I, I'm getting senior and I don't have the energy. Um, I really hope that uh, the younger generation could come together and and really form a form a group to create ideas for the government. Uh, well, my, I, 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 I was a civil servant. I really think the government is important, but they sometimes need good ideas coming in from from the citizenship. So young people, please come together, uh, use your brain power to help the government with ideas and present them to the government. Mm. Okay, uh, some uh, comment from uh, listeners uh, again. Uh, this is from Tomas, who says, everyone doing little things, Hong Kong doing big things, building the huge incinerator. No need anymore to do little things. Hong Kong is just burning and creating climate change. Uh, and uh, Paul says, and, and uh, perhaps uh, Francis Young, you might want to address this, 
Paul says, repeating some of the points that uh, uh, Donald Trump made, uh, we've had endless so-called scientific predictions of doom and gloom over the past 50 years, and none of them have come true. In the 70s, there were predictions of a coming ice age by the 21st century. That didn't happen. In the 1980s, we were told that the Maldives would be underwater in 30 years. They're still there. In the 90s, we were warned that parts of New York would be underwater. That didn't happen. In the 2000s, we had Al Gore famously telling us that the North Polar ice cap would be completely ice free within five years. Again, a failed prophecy. Still, the doom and gloom prophecies keep coming and the solution is always an increase in government control over our lives. Point 10A of the Earth Charter tells us to, quote, promote the equitable distribution of wealth within and between nations, unquote. That's called communism, and environmentalism is the vessel upon which it will be delivered. That comes uh, from Paul. Francis Young, do you want to, anything you want to say to Paul? Well, I think, um, <laughs> well, I, I have been uh, hearing about uh, these kind of criticisms on uh, environmental activists for quite a long time. So we are criticized for uh, uh, being socialist and, and trying to uh, cripple the uh, economic growth uh, by uh, spreading wrong uh, prediction about the future. But uh, I want to emphasize that uh, if we, uh, we just uh, focus on trade, on GDP growth, uh, it, it must you know, growth, growth cannot really go beyond the boundary of the planet. We, if our planet, if our planet is that, we can't really make money from it. So, uh, and also, uh, so, so I would say uh, the priority, uh, the habit of giving priority to GDP growth over the well-being of the environment and well-being of people has got to be, uh, be stopped now. And also, I, I was see uh, quite scared uh, 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 that I have been working on climate change issue for uh, for more than ten years. So I really see uh, the the many uh, scientific projections that I heard uh, maybe ten years ago is now becoming true. So I, I really see see that it's not uh, just a wrong projection. It, it has scientific base. You can see we have no more almost uh, we we almost lost winter. We can see in Hong Kong uh, the strength of the super typhoon is getting stronger and stronger. Uh, you will see the heat waves are uh, getting more uh, stronger and stronger in the summer. So uh, I I heard that about ten years ago, and I see it happening happening now. Well, I, I could also put in the one or two pieces. Uh, uh, the, the, your, 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 listener, your listener probably has forgotten that uh, part of New York was underwater during Hurricane Sandy. And uh, the, the metro in, in, in New York was not working for quite a long time. So actually it happened. Uh, even the site of 9-11 attack was flooded. So... How come <laughs> you have forgotten this kind of fact? Uh, and of course, it is now possible for for containers to sail from China to Europe through the Arctic Ocean. So things are happening as predicted. And indeed, the world temperature trend has followed very closely the pre previous predictions of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. The predictions are being proven correct. Actually, it has been proven that the predictions are not pessimistic enough. They have been too conservative. Okay, and one more message, um, uh, interesting observation from Peter. 
who says, as for combating climate change successfully, everyone seems to ignore one of the biggest white elephants in the room, the US military. The US military accounts for most of the carbon emissions produced by the USA. The US military produces more greenhouse gas emissions than up to 140 countries. And there's a link to a story on this topic from uh, Newsweek, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but the military has been deliberately excluded from the IPPC, IPCC climate targets. And none of the climate activists wants to talk about it. That comes uh, from Peter. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Thank you to our guest this morning, to uh, Francis Young, senior campaigner with Greenpeace, Wendell Chan from uh, Friends of the Earth, and Lam, uh, Lam Chu Ying, uh, a former director of the Hong Kong Observatory. Thank you all very much indeed. Uh, interesting discussion, bringing time to 25 past nine. Uh, this week, the uh, Privacy Commissioner was uh, lamenting a massive increase in the number of uh, doxing cases. That's uh, where uh, private information uh, is made public with the uh, idea of uh, threatening or embarrassing uh, individuals. 9,100 uh, complaints made to the uh, Commission and he's been calling for uh, tighter laws, for more powers, for the statutory powers for the uh, Privacy Commissioner Commission to act and to re reduce doxing. Uh, for comment, we're joined now by Charles Mock, uh, IT sector lawmaker. Mr Mock, good morning to you. Morning. Thank morning. you much indeed for joining us. Do you, do you agree that uh, we should be doing something more to stop doxing? Oh, yes, uh, but it's not just about doxing. I think it's a bit unfortunate that uh, the public attention over the last year or half year has been focused on doxing. Uh, but haven't we forgotten about the uh, leakages that was done by the government itself with the electoral data? Haven't we forgotten about the incidents with uh, Cathay Pacific and TransUnion and so on? Those are actually also, if not bigger, actually I think bigger leakages that are potentially even well, as, as damaging. But uh, I think, uh, uh, like it or not, we're focusing too much, a bit too much on doxing. Doxing is a problem. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a huge problem. But I think, of course, to stop this trend of doxing in Hong Kong, I think, of course, uh, it has to be a political solution. But we're not talking about that today. I think the biggest problem facing the privacy commissioner is the lack of power that is, that is given to him uh, and his office to investigate and to prosecute. And the fact that our law is so outdated that we're like driving an old car of 22, 23 years old car that hasn't been changed, hasn't been updated at all. Uh, you look at uh, European Union last year, they enacted the uh, GDPR and we talked about it for a while and then we put it aside. Uh, there were a lot of new uh, measures and uh, new focus rather than the very old and traditional consideration of what constitutes personal data in our law, which is 23 or odd years old. So and, we're just uh, out of date. You know, we're out of date. We've been out of date for a long time. But the government, you know, when was the last time they updated this law? Ten years mm. ago. You weren't even using a smartphone at the time. And of course, this law is by and large uh, created before the Internet age, uh, before 1997. So it's totally outdated, but the government have resisted numerous calls for updating the law. I don't know for what reason. What, 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 uh, what would an update? Right now, what, what would an update look like? What would? What's wrong with well, the existing law? Well, several areas. Uh, uh, I mentioned about uh, enforcing, uh, giving more power to the uh, commissioner as a law enforcement uh, uh, agent agency. Second, uh, uh, there needs to be a better and updated definition of what constitutes. Uh, personal data, particularly sensitive personal data, biometrics, and so on, this global trend, and uh, also uh, give 
substance that is um, uh, that is uh, uh, measurable to the uh, leakages. You know, for example, if Cathay Pacific did not com- uh, cooperate with uh, our privacy commissioner, what would be the maximum fine that the privacy commissioner could uh, levy on Cathay Pacific? Fifty thousand Hong Kong dollars cheaper than a business class ticket. This is ridiculous. Whereas you're talking about taking a percentage out of their profits from GDPR in the GDPR example. So uh, it's totally outdated and, and uh, lack of uh, power or deterrence. And, all, and, and, more, and one more point about catching up with technology. You look at the laws in GDPR, they're talking about transparency of algorithms that are being used on your data. And even Singapore just put out uh, a, couple, uh, a couple of days ago a consultation paper, very lengthy and uh, much better done than the one by the government of Hong Kong, which didn't touch upon this topic at all, about uh, AI algorithm regulations. You know, privacy commissioner. That's, that's artificial intelligence? So, so, so artificial that would, intelligence. So, right. so you're talking about the algorithms that might, say, determine what news you get or something like that? Oh, well, well everything. You know, you, you, you've got your, your data is being collected, let's say, hmm. by the... Uh, well, uh, Facebook. By Facebook, Facebook and Facebook. those guys. Well, everybody talks about Facebook, but even your retailer, you know, all these companies, your credit card companies and so on. You know, what are they doing with your data? There needs to be transparency. They need to tell you in an understandable way. You know, that is the global trend under GDPR and now even Singapore's copying. Is it in our consultation paper put out by the government, not the commissioner, the government is responsible for it. Um, Did they do anything about it? No. Apparently, when I talk to them, they don't even understand what I was talking about. That's probably the problem, isn't it? That is the problem. That is the problem with our government. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Total dinosaurs. And 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 and, and the, the focus of current new laws is about consent. Is that everything other people do with your data is about consent? Uh, it, it has to be uh, based on consent. And also, uh, you know, the trend is that we're not talking about privacy anymore. People are talking about data. You know, the regulator in the UK, what is it called? Information Commissioner. Uh, in many other jurisdictions, you know, GDPR is called General Data Protection Principle, not General Privacy Protection Principle. So we are so outdated. But isn't the reality that uh, a lot of people, and especially young people, really don't care? Um, they will put their private lives on the internet for everyone to that, see and privacy the, just isn't an issue i mean they, I, they they're well, aware that this that their private information is uh up well, for sale yes, or whatever well, they yes don't and care. no yes and no i think they care actually but of course they uh they sometimes have a uh, issue about where to draw the line but i think uh there, there is a responsibility both in terms of education but also in terms of law enforcement to make sure that the laws are uh, effective enough when troubles happen. And for a long time, I think it's pretty clear that our law isn't enough. You look at some of the incidents I mentioned only in recent years, uh, that, uh, that it's obvious that uh, our law would not even be able to deter these companies in Hong Kong or, or dealing with uh, data relating to Hong Kong subjects uh, to deter them from making mistakes. Or well, even the government itself. Just Cathay Pacific alone, remember last year, the data breach um, yeah, under uh, European... Two years ago, yeah. actually, more than a year. Yeah, yeah. but in, and they, didn't, they sat on it for six months. Now, in, the, in, in Europe, they'd be paying big fines to all of us, wouldn't they? But not here. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think it would be quite embarrassing if, let's say, I am not proposing it, but let's say Cathay Pacific got fined by for billions of dollars by the EU or the European country, but in Hong Kong we ended up not being able to, able to find them for anything, you know. Uh, and if 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 a Hong Kong company you know made a big mistake and they ought to be fined, I would rather see my government taking the money rather than and a foreign government taking the money and finding them for it. But you know that's the that's the negative way to look at it. But in positive ways, I think uh, this current law that, that actually many people don't even know the government supposedly doing a consultation on the privacy law right now. But unlike ten years ago in the last round, uh, where there was a ten hundred pages consultation paper put out. This time there was only a brief to let go that's shorter than 20 pages, and uh, most of the issues that were deeply discussed in the last round of consultation, even though the government did not legislate on most of them, uh, they put them aside still. But they talked about it. This time they don't even talk about it, and uh, they are not planning to do a public consultation, which I think is ridiculous. What are they trying to hide? Okay, well, Charles Mock, thank you very much indeed for joining us, the IT sector uh, lawmaker. Thank you very much indeed. Anna, many thanks to you. Uh, interesting and different discussion uh, today. Uh, we'll be back at 8.30 tomorrow. Hope you can join us then. The weather, many cloudy, light rain, a coastal fog this morning and at night. Warm, sunny periods during the day. Temperatures getting up to 25 degrees. Today it's going to be warm during the day on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, and then the wind strengthening from the east with a few rain patches that night to Lunar New Year's Day. Becoming cool, appreciably, with more frequent rain on the second day of the Lunar New Year. Uh, and the readings now, 21 Celsius, relative humidity is at 87%. From January 1st, 2020, the government has enhanced the public transport fare subsidy scheme by increasing the fare subsidy rate from one-fourth to one-third of public transport expenses above $400 and raising the cap from $300 to $400 per month per octopus. Eligibility. The public transport services and fares covered and the subsidy collection arrangements remain unchanged. Visit ptfss.gov.hk for more details. 9.34, the news now with Samantha Butler. Wuhan authorities are suspending outward flights and trains along with public transport from 10 o'clock this morning as the Hubei capital tries to prevent the spread of a new virus that's killed 17 people. Xinhua News Agency said residents had been told not to leave the city without good reason. The city has 440 confirmed cases. Hong Kong is investigating two highly suspected cases. United Nations experts say they have information suggesting that Saudi Arabia's crown prince may have been involved in hacking.